AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Each February, USDA gathers market participants in Washington, D.C. to talk about what to expect from farm country in the year ahead. Included in the USDA Outlook Forum is the Commodity Outlook. It provides markets with a first look at the new crop marketing year. And it provides market analysts like me with something to argue about for the next six weeks. From President's Day afternoon via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, Chip and I will break down details from USDA's 2024 projections. Later, a look at the technical picture with Kerry Artak from ArtakAdvisory.com. I, the handsome newsman Davis Michelson. <laughs> now, welcome the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. You know, here it is, Monday afternoon, President's Day. Yeah. It just, it it's, it's, uh, it, it's. An, another three-day weekend in 2024. Does it feel like they've stacked up on us? It does, just just a little bit. You know, it's not yeah. too many years ago that you and I both would have been busy fiddling around with horses today. Oh, yeah. <sighs> That's true. Yeah. That's very true. I would like to say that I miss those days. Mm-hmm. 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 So would I. <laughs> so would I. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> really great. Really, Good. really great. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Outlook Forum. Outlook Forum. Outlook mm-hmm. Forum. Some of mm-hmm. the most misunderstood uh, sets of numbers, I think, that, that the market has to deal with on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and and that's what, you know, you said it. That's what the market has to deal with. Yeah. This is, this is what we have now. Yep. Yep. And the thing is, Davis, guys like me... Number nerds, mm-hmm. we love to dig into these things. I know. And would say, yeah, you know what? No, this one makes sense. They could have maybe even pushed that another 5 million, 10 million bushels because, you know, that's the trends that are happening there. That that one makes sense. Now, why would they do that? Mm-hmm. You can't expect that to happen. You're going to take the price down to that level and and not expect some kind of a recovery in exports it's got to be bigger than that yeah it it's we argue over the subtleties that are in the usda reports but it fine tunes our thinking to help figure out exactly what is going on in real time when 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 it matters Mm -hmm. right now these are thoughts these are trends these are could be's mm-hmm. that the market is going to be working with. And I said for the next six weeks, because that gets us right to the prospective plannings report yeah. at the end of March. Once we get to the prospective plannings report, then we've got a whole new set of things that we're going to be arguing about mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. As, as we make our way into the new crop year. Well, let's not forget, we are at 100% yield potential right now until somebody rips open one of those bags. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Just yes, saying. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, and that's that that is going to start happening. If it hasn't mm-hmm. already started to happen, uh, it will start to happen. The corn crop's going to start getting planted down in Texas sure any, moment, yep. any moment. Any yep. moment. Yeah. 
What else you got? You got any well, news got, for us? I've got a whole bunch of news here. Okay, uh, let's talk about the grind lower in wheat futures last week. It accelerated into a sell-off the second half of last week. March SRWD wheat futures opened slightly lower on Friday and tried to rally Friday morning, but fell to close low range. Front month SRWD futures tested support at the November 27 low. That support held, but downside momentum was building in wheat futures. Probably still is, you might argue. Yeah. March hard red winter wheat closed lower each day last week and scored back to back to back new contract lows to finish the week friday's high range open and low range close will keep bears in charge chip yeah. front month spring wheat futures up oh, what go ahead I, I was just gonna say the bears are clearly in charge in wheat yeah yeah the uh, front month spring wheat futures traded to new contract lows several times last week funds are already on the short side of the wheat yeah. markets and traders say i mean there's really no incentive to cover profitable positions at this time march hard red winter wheat futures on friday we're eight and a half cents lower on the close at five sixty-seven and a quarter. March SRW wheat down six and a half cents to five sixty and a half. March spring wheat closed at six fifty-four and three quarters. That's down three and a quarter. You know, one of the sad things, and I, I think it just kind of really hit me last week. One of the sad things about the wheat market is that wheat reporters, the the wire services, the commodity markets reporters. Mm-hmm. It, it, it forever in a day it felt like they were obliged they felt like they mm-hmm. had to come up with some sort of a headline some sort of a reason for the re for why wheat was doing what it was doing last week it's like they just stopped mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's yeah. no headlines to affect this market so there it is it's grinding down grinding yep. down well march corn futures also traded a new contract lows in the second half of last week uh, Wednesday and Thursday had low-range closes, and that turned into an attempt at an upside correction early in Friday's session. Front-month corn tried to climb back on top of the pivotal 420 level, but the rally was rejected, and corn closed just below the opening range. Hence, the funds are growing tired of the short side of the corn market, mm-hmm. but they have more incentive to stay short than to begin exiting those positions. There's minimal concern about the Argentine and Brazilian corn crops and current corn prices, and traders say it will likely stay that way until the end of a Uh, until South America's corn crop issues turn into more export demand for U.S. corn. March corn futures one and one quarter cents lower on Friday at 4.16 and a half. May corn down a quarter of a penny, 4.29 and one half. July corn futures closed at 4.40 and one quarter. That's up a half cent on the day. Yeah. We talked with Dan Bossi on Friday's uh, afternoon AgriTalk. One of the things that he said that kind of made me, was when he (laughs) said that Argentine corn is competitive with the U.S., yeah, uh, they were coming off such a poor crop that it, 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 they haven't started to harvest their new crop yet. It's not like they're swamped with new crop supplies, and already mm-hmm. we're looking at a situation where they're competing. What happens when we put that new crop market or the new crop supplies on top of the market? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's going to be tough to keep demand from going to Argentina. Well, March soybean futures posted a double-digit upside correction on Friday and still posted an inside trading day with a low-range open and a high-range close. Chart watchers say that points to more consolidation in prices in the week ahead. March bean meal also recovered most of last week's price losses, but sellers stayed in control of the soybean oil market, with futures closing near the low of the week. Harvest progressed in Brazil with yields worse than expected in many fields, that was incentive for pro-farmer crop consultant Dr. Michael Cordonier to cut 2 million metric tons from his Brazilian bean crop estimate last week. March beans were a dime higher on Friday, 11.72 and a quarter. 
May beans up 10 and one quarter, 11.76 and one quarter. July beans closed at 11.84 and three quarters. That's up nine and one half cents, Chip. Harvest results are going to be the thing to watch this week. I don't think there's any question. March cotton futures came within 10 points of resistance at 96 cents on Friday. The contract posted an outside trading day. With the close below the opening range, the market is primed for profit-taking, but it's riding the wave of buying in the soft commodities. March cotton, 76 points lower on Friday, 93.87. And on your livestock side, April live cattle futures posted the highest close since November 3rd, but stopped short of a test of resistance at that day's high of 189.02 and a half. The two-day rally at the end of last week in cattle got prices higher on the week and in position to push higher again this week. April fat cattle a buck ninety five higher one eighty seven fifty five, March feeder futures three ninety two and a half higher at two fifty one oh two and one half, and after a big rally on Wednesday last week, April lean hog futures were in position to test resistance at the Jan thirty high, but a pair of late week rallies last week stopped short of that price point. April hogs twenty two and a half cents higher on Friday eighty five twenty two and a half with the June contract up a nickel. 97.75, Chip. Excellent. All right. Davis and I will be right back. We're talking USDA Ag Outlook Conference next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. On your favorite radio station or your preferred digital device, AgriTalk is live every weekday. Welcome back to AgriTalk on this President's Day, 2024. Markets are closed. Markets are closed. What are we going to talk? Well, Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank God USDA last week gave us something to talk about. They Absolutely, their, they did. You bet. Yeah, they gave us their. Uh, ag, it was the 100th Ag Outlook Conference. It was mm-hmm. pretty cool uh, listening to Wiesmeyer on Friday's Free for All talking about how the Ag Outlook Forum has evolved over time. It used to be at um, at USDA, just in the kind of in the hallways in the small meeting rooms at USDA. Uh, I went. I went to the Ag Outlook Forum. Boy, it, it's got to be thirty. It, it, it's got to be thirty-four, thirty-five years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe it was the first time that they moved it off-site. Were you unmarried uh, at the time? Uh, I might have been. Yeah. Okay. Well, that helps us with yeah. time then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it was it was very interesting to me. But mm-hmm. it's one of those deals where. 
listen, we had a full team there led by Wiesmeyer in mm-hmm. Washington, D.C. So the ag outlook forum is something that I've, I've always felt like I've attended just simply because Jim was there. Sure. <laughs> sure. You know, yeah. and, and uh, bringing us lots of good information. Over time, the thing that has become the go-to information coming out of the Ag Outlook Conference is the uh, USDA chief economist's uh, outlook for the year ahead, the new crop marketing year. Uh, it, It has gotten to the point that people now refer to it as USDA's first unofficial look at the new crop marketing year. Now, the first official look at the new crop marketing year comes in May. That's when the 2024-25 marketing year will be included included in the WASDE, the World Ag Supply and Demand Estimate Report, or the, the monthly supply and demand report. Uh, it will be included in May. In February, you guys, this is, is I won't say that it's, one guy's or one person's uh, best guess of how the year is going to unfold. But that's kind of what it is. I mean, it's up to Seth Myers, uh, the chief economist at USDA, Davis, on what this thing is going to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really very interesting. And, and um, we go through all of the numbers, but really what traders are – what traders think is the most debated – there we go. That's the way to, what to call this number. What what traders think is the most debatable number in the balance sheet right now is that planted acreage number. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah. I know that you were looking for a little bit higher corn planted acreage uh, yeah. somewhere, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, in the 92, 93 million acres. Yep. Uh, yep. They, they came in with a 91 over on the beans are at an 87.5 million. Yeah. Uh, with harvested acres at eighty six point six, yeah, yeah, and then and the harvested acres on corn at eighty three point one. You know, we we harvest four grain, fewer acres of corn than we do soybeans. That might surprise some of the non farmers yeah. that uh, uh, that are listening in on the conversation right now. But uh, uh, ninety one million acres of corn, like you said, I'm in the. I'm 92, maybe leaning up to 92 and a half. Okay. And mm-hmm. it's because of the clear fall. It's because of rotational issues. Mm-hmm. I understand that some of the rotational issues are bringing more soybeans in. I'm looking at you guys dealing with rootworm issues. I get that. I get that. But, yeah, last year was a heavy corn year. This year, as we're pulling back, from that heavy corn year with 94.6 million acres planted, you, know, it, you take a couple of million acres off of that, and all of a sudden it's not a heavy corn year. It's kind mm-hmm. of a normal corn year. Mm-hmm. Uh, two years ago, in 2021, we planted 93 million. Now, in 2022, we only planted 88.2 million acres of corn. It was That was a, cor- a short corn year. The 2003 season got all of those acres back. So it's time to fall back someplace into the middle. Mm-hmm. And to me, 92 makes sense. But, hey, I'm not going to argue hard on the 91. Sure. It, it could be 91 million. It, it's uh, 
it, it really could be. You know, the one thing that does, that that also surprised me out of the the report was the yield on corn. Yeah. Do you remember what tra- do you remember uh, what trend line yield was last year? Jeez, was it uh I don't remember. 179? One, nope. Trend line yield last year was 181.5. Oh jeez. And the number that USDA Seth Myers decided to put into the yield for the 2024 crop, which is typically a trend line, was 181. Took a half a bushel hmm. off it. That's interesting. Um, it's very interesting to me. So now we are dealing with an adjusted trend line yield. Uh, that's that's the only thing that we can call it. So 181. I've been on a kick all winter long that we need to anticipate a record corn yield. Okay. Hmm. A record okay. corn yield, although maybe not a trend line corn yield, because there's still a big difference. Even though we had a record corn yield on the 2023 crop at 177.3 bushels per acre, you can still beat 177.3 without getting all the way to a 181. But, it, you know, Davis, look, look at what we've done the last three years. 176.7. 173.4 in 2022 and a 177.3 in 2023. Mm-hmm. 2021, 2022, and 2023 were not ideal growing seasons. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I mean, and we're we, still killing it. Yes. Um, I talked about it last week a little bit with Dwayne Bossy, and I, you've brought yeah. it up time and again. In fact, recently you've brought it up, but these genetics. I mean, imagine a scenario where everybody gets what they need at the time that they need. Good rains, good sunshine, birds are chirping, everybody's happy. What do yields look like at the end of that year? That's concerning. Yeah. There are years when the trend line, trend line yield is beaten and beaten badly. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, it, it when when you can start talking about four percent five percent above that trend line yield yeah good grief i mean Oof. If, yeah. if you'd beat the trend line yield by five percent that's nine bushel mm-hmm. are you talking are you serious you go straight from a 177.3 skip the 180s and jump to a 190 for a national <laughs> average yield <laughs> could that happen yeah i, I you, it well it is a possibility that cannot be ruled out because of like you, what what you said, if everything hits on yep. the genetics and the management that we've got out there, whoo. Yep. Well, this 181 on 91 million acres, um, yep. they calc out to a 15.040 right. billion bushel crop. Right. Right. Now, throw on top of that the estimate for this year's carryover which is the beginning stocks for the 2024-25 season at 2.172 billion bushels you got to import a little bit out of canada 25 million bushels there and all of a sudden you've got a total supply davis of 17.237 call it 17 and a quarter billion bushels Mm. of corn Mm -hmm. that we need to find a way to use Mm -hmm. um USDA and Seth Myers 
is 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 thinking okay we can add some to feed and residual but because of the cattle numbers you can't add too much because of hog numbers you cannot add and and hog yeah, profitability okay. yeah. you can't add too much poultry numbers sure you can continue to add there but feed and residual up to 5.75 billion bushels ethanol I'm a little disappointed here the uh, corn for ethanol estimate they put at 5.4 billion bushels, up just 25 million bushels from the current marketing year. Total food, seed, and industrial use up to 6.805 billion bushels. It's 25 million bushels more than than uh, the current marketing year. Exports, not much of a recovery here, dude. Just mm-hmm. a 50 million bushel increase, 2.15 from 2.1. Uh, total use 14.7. When you've got 17 and a quarter, 17 and a quarter. You know what? You're going to hear me talk a lot about that number. Okay. I talked about it on U.S. Farm Report this weekend. Mm-hmm. 17 and a quarter. How do we find a way to use more and more of that 17.25 billion bushels of corn? I want to start there when we come back. All right. Sounds good. All right, we are knocking through USDA's Ag Outlook Forum and the Commodity Outlook here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. This, according to USEmbassy.gov, President's Day has become an occasion to celebrate the birthdays of both President George Washington and President Abraham Lincoln. Washington was born on February 22, 1732, on his father's tobacco plantation in Virginia. In 1787, he presided over the writing of the U.S. Constitution. He soon after became the unanimous choice as the first president of the United States. Abraham Lincoln was born on February 12, 1809, and became America's 16th president in 1860. His Emancipation Proclamation, issued on January 1, 1863, outlawed slavery. The holiday is also a tribute to the general who created the first military badge of merit for the common soldier, the Purple Heart, which was revived on Washington's 200th birthday. As with Memorial Day and Veterans Day, Washington's birthday offers another opportunity for the United States to honor its veterans. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors.
Welcome back to AgriTalk on this President's Day 2024. Markets are closed. Uh, We've been talking about USDA's Ag Outlook Forum, uh, the commodity Mm -hmm. outlook that we got. We spent the whole last segment basically on corn, Davis. Well, we did, um, but there's an awful lot in there. Um, I I guess before we move on, let's not let this get away from us here because uh, they also projected uh, an average corn price of $4.40, and everything that you just said in the last segment doesn't sound like $4.40 corn to me. It sounds like we maybe need to go a little lower to catch it all. Well, yeah, uh, the thing is that 440 number is a weighted average, so how much corn was sold above it, how much corn was sold below it. But okay. I get you, man. Yeah. I get you. Um, 17 and a quarter billion bushels of total supply. We got to find a way to use more. Well, the easiest way to find more use is with a lower price. Mm-hmm. Okay. But but now get this. Get this. Let's, let's do a little bit of look back. Because in the 2021-22 marketing year, Coming off a hot market, okay? I get it. Okay. The the national average on farm cash price for 2021-22 was six bucks. Six bucks a bushel. We had total use of 14.9 billion bushels. In the year ahead, the projection is 440 and total mm-hmm. use of 14.705, 195 million bushels less than what we had three years ago. Yeah. With, with more use, um, the stocks-to-use ratio for that 21-22 marketing year was 9.2%. It's projected Ooh. to be 17.2% yeah. in the 2024-25 marketing year. That's your stocks-to-use projection there at 17.2%. Right, mm-hmm. right. That is... Uh, that is something that needs to be fixed. And you've heard me talk about snowballing stocks in the past. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The concern here, especially leading up to the the, the Ag Outlook Forum last week, the concern was that even – they did a great job of anticipating what USDA would tell us for planted acres. No, basically, well, they were looking for something a little bit closer to 92. Uh, obviously, I think that's where it's going to end up. But but trade expectations, close enough. 91 mm-hmm. million acres. So they did a great job of anticipating that. But they the, the average trade guess on this was that the, the ending stocks number would be a lot closer to 3 billion bushels than the 2.532 billion bushels that USDA showed us. Mm. So here we are. We've got beginning stocks at the start of the 21-22 season at 1.2 billion bushels, then 1.4 billion bushels, basically steady at the start of the 23-24 marketing year at 1.36 billion bushels, jump it up to beginning stocks expected at 2.172 billion bushels, leading to 2.532 billion bushels for the beginning stocks of the 25-26 marketing year. Doesn't that feel like a snowball to you? Yeah, it absolutely does. It's um, building. It's getting bigger. 
And it makes me wonder, I'm, I may be skipping, skipping over one here, um, but we've talked about cotton seeming like it, it wants some acres there. Yeah. I feel like if it's going to draw from anywhere, would it be from, from corn? Are corn acres vulnerable to cotton? Uh, could could be some of the cotton or corn acres down in the south could give way to cotton, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if the new crop market, new crop cotton market, at eighty five cents is enough to convince a lot of producers down there to to grow more more cotton over corn yeah. or more cotton over beans. Well, what do you want? Four forty corn or eighty cent cotton? You know, <laughs> you're flipping a coin. Yep. Yep. You honestly are flipping a coin. Hey, you know, you know what, Davis and both, you're managing losses. Oof. Yep. Yep. Managing losses. Yeah. So, um, should we take a look at beans? Let's do planted acreage eighty-seven point okay. five million, harvested yeah. acres eighty-six point six million. We said that before in a national average bean yield of fifty-two point zero bushels per acre. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like the yield number that they've got in there. I think the planted acreage number is probably a million acres too high. Uh, so it, it it stops some of the build, some of the snowballing of the ending stocks that we're looking at. At 52 bushels per acre on that 86.6, the crop would be 4.505. Uh, total supply, because of beginning stocks, we can't forget that USDA in the January WASD, excuse me, in in the February WASD, pushed uh, 2023-24 carryover up to 315 million bushels. So that's the beginning stocks. That was a 35 million bushel increase. That's beginning stocks on top of the big increase in acres, the the projection for 52 bushel beans. Uh, it gives you a total supply of 4.835 billion bushels. So as much as I'm going to talk about... 17 and a quarter billion bushels on corn for the total supply. I think we need to talk about 4.8 billion bushels of beans. That's a big supply for us to have to deal with, especially if we are not going to get more of the export market back. Now, USDA estimated the corn export estimate up 50 million bushels from what they're expecting this year. This year on soybean exports, they've got us at 1.72 billion bushels. For next year, the projection from from the Ag Outlook Forum, 1.875. 1.875. Up 155 million bushels on exports. Why? Is it because I'm afraid of the answer. Yeah. yeah. Well, is is it because Brazil is not going to have exportable beans? Yeah. Is is it at least as many? I think that's probably the case. They're not okay. going to have as many. But when you look at the total South American supply, especially the supply coming out of Argentina uh, of soybean meal and soybean oil, all of the sudden, you know, getting a a an export recovery in the year ahead of 155 million bushels, it I, I'm not exactly sure why. You gotta look at price and just how competitive we're gonna be right. if that's the case. Yep. Yep. Um do you want to hit we we need to make make sure we get to cattle too, beef product beef production. 
okay. uh, was uh, was one for you. You want to go to cattle right now? Uh, no. Let's go ahead and yeah. hit wheat quick. What do you got? I got planted acreage of 47.0 million acres, harvested at 38.4, national average yield of 49.5 bushels per acre for a crop of 1.9 billion bushels, Chip. You break it all down, you know, and I should have mentioned this on beans. I'll just throw it out there real quick. The stocks to use ratio on soybeans, two years ago and three years ago, was 6.1%. Last, the current marketing year is estimated mm-hmm. at 7.6% on the stocks to use. For 24, 25, 9.9%. Yeah. That's Huge. starting to feel a little burdensome. Mm-hmm. Um, wheat. Look at your stocks to use on wheat, though. Yeah, stocks to use is typically is somewhere between thirty and thirty-five percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, for twenty-four, twenty-five, it is projected up to forty, forty point three percent. Yeah. Ending stock seven hundred sixty-nine million bushels. Exports of seven hundred seventy seven hundred seventy-five mm-hmm. million bushels. Uh, total domestic use barely moves. It it just is a uh, uh, boy. It 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 is a a market that is looking for direction. It's a mm, yeah. it's a market that is looking for demand. That's the bottom line, dude. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we discussed cotton just a little bit. Let me just run the numbers before we get to cattle. Planted acreage on cotton: eleven point zero million. Harvested acreage: nine point two nine million. National average yield of eight hundred twenty seven pounds per acre. A uh, crop of 16.0 million bales. Uh, stocks to use there, 22.6. Uh, once again, for a, for a projected price at this point of 80 cents. Right. On the right. cattle side, U.S. beef projection uh, production, why well, I did it twice, is projected at 26.19 billion pounds, down 3% from 2023. Exports projected at 2.78 billion pounds, down 8.3%. Cash price, 180 bucks would be a record and up $4.46 from last year. Yeah. Uh, record price, but maybe not a <clears throat> a record print of a price. Does that make sense? That on does, average, yeah. on average, it'll be a record. But are we going to see futures above one hundred ninety six sixty? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But what it what it tells me, Davis, and I think this is really important. We've we've had a few guys on talking about what's going on in the cattle market and all of them have said don't lose track of this market Hmm. as the with the market trading up at at levels that we've got right now maybe we should be looking at putting in a price floor and getting that established because davis the last time that we broke away from the highs back in september we broke away from the highs yeah it left us behind Mm mm-hmm so we don't want to get caught up in that again. The, yeah. the fundamentals are still very strong on cattle because of the supply side. The big unknown, what's the export demand going to be? And can the U.S. consumer keep up even with a reduced beef production? All right, dude, that was fun. Thank you. It was. You bet. All right, we got Kerry Artak coming up next here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. 
The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. We don't make the news, we render it. Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk on this President's Day. Markets are closed, but uh, we've had a... Davis and I just had an interesting conversation about USDA's Ag Outlook projections for the year ahead. So, well, we we began a discussion. Let's wrap it up because oh. we didn't quite get to the hogs there. Do you see anything <laughs> okay. in the hogs there of note at all? Uh, not really. Tell, give me the give me the baselines. Oh. Well, I'm glad I asked. Uh, U.S. Yes. pork production projected at 27.88 billion pounds, up two percent from last year. Exports expected to rise 3.8 percent. Cash price sixty bucks, up a dollar forty-one from last year. Sixty bucks is up, but it's not up enough. You know, it it still is going to be a tough kind of year for the for the fair to finish guys in hogs. There's there's no question about that. We need to find some profitability for those guys, or uh, we could see another major changeover in that industry. So, all right, but. Maybe get some exports back, right? Up three, what'd yeah. you say? Up three point three point eight. Three point eight. Three point eight percent. Yep. Yeah, that's good news. We can on a two percent increase in production. It, it could work out. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right. It is time for Carry Artec, Artec Advisory. Don't forget, go to www.artecadvisory.com and Carry will get you signed up for a free two week trial of his daily service. All right, Carry, what do you got? Yeah, thanks, Chip. I'm going to start with March soybeans. In fact, I have the same three markets that I had the previous week, March soybeans, March feeder cattle, May cotton. So with respect to March soybeans, if you've been listening for the last month or so, you know that in early January, we had a long-term sell signal in the broader soybean market when we closed below a three-year rising channel bottom on the weekly chart that is this week at 1266 even. It's been in the 1260s the entire time, rising very slowly, having closed below 1266 even. We have a three to five month sell signal anticipating 1090 and a quarter as a three to five month target. We're a month into it. And what's worth noting is that last week we settled below the 2021 low of, of 1181 and a quarter. This was a level that we'd mentioned could contain weekly selling pressures, and if settled below, which happened last week, then likely to accelerate the three to five month target at 1090 and a quarter to within just another month or two. 1090 and a quarter, assuming we test it over the next month or two, can absorb broader soybean market selling pressures through the rest of the year. On to March feeder cattle. In late January, we had a meaningful long term buy signal that still remains in effect above 243.82. We're trading in the low 250s now. 
So 243.82, if tested this week, able to contain selling through March and above which we do maintain still a three to five month objective to the upside at 267.02. That is a 27 year channel top that we actually tested last September and following that testing fell you know, aggressively south uh, to the December low. But I, we're expecting a retest of that 267.02 27-year channel top so long as we continue holding above 243.82, an area that you can buy and anticipate bullish continuation to 267.02 over the next three to five months, could be sooner. That sooner would come if we close this week above 255.80. 255.80 is a level that can contain weekly buying pressures. And in fact, we could fall off from there back to 243.82 over the following two to three weeks. Now, if we close this week above 255.80, that should yield that three to five month objective at 267.02 in as little as one to two months. 267.02 still able to contain buying on an annual basis as it did last year. Downside, if we close the week below 243.82, March feeder cattle, that sets up a two to three month sell signal back to a three-year channel bottom that this week is at 219.92. We actually tested that channel bottom in uh, December when we had the big sell-off. We hit that three-year channel bottom and held beautifully, and uh, we've been really in recovery ever since. And in fact, as I mentioned a moment ago, it was in late January that we had the buy signal that holds above 243.82, expecting 267.02 as a three to five month target. But if we close once again below 243.82 at the end of this week, I'm expecting a retest of that 219.92 three-year channel bottom where we could actually bottom out through the rest of the year. March feeder cattle or the broader feeder cattle market remains at a clear long-term bull trend above 219.92. And finally, May cotton. Uh, I'd mentioned in last week's show how we had a three to five week buy signal that was anticipating 95.51. I think that was the number last week. This week's number is 95.60. It's actually a two year channel top that we tested late last week, fell away from very modestly on Friday. 95.60 is a significant pivot point for the broader cotton market as we move into later year. If we close above 95.60 at the end of this week, it really should be by a 1% margin for what I consider to be buy signal reliability. That would be a 96.55 settlement this Friday in May cotton. And if that does occur, three to five months bullish continuation into the 113 even to 115 even area, that zone able to absorb annual buying pressures if tested. But I'm not expecting it unless we close above the 95.60 level by that 1% margin. Until then, 95.60 is your profit-taking area on long positions. It's your hedge-setting area for producers as we move into later year from 95.60 now that we've tested it. I do think 87.72 is likely to the downside over the next three to five weeks. And into later year, we could unwind all the way back to 76.50. If we were over the next month or two to close below 87.72, I think that's an accelerated sell-off in the order of about two to three months. I would then expect that 76.50 level where the broader cotton market can bottom out through the rest of the year. So 95.60, big pivot point for the broader cotton market as we move into later year. And that's all I've got, Chip. Yeah, thank you, Kerry. All right. Uh, some chart points to watch for in the weekend. Well, heck, the months ahead. Really important stuff. Again, go to www.artacadvisory, A-R-T-A-C, 
advisory.com. Okay, uh, guys, markets are closed today. We're going to get things restarted. When we get things restarted, what are we going to be focused on? Let's take a look at the Argentinian weather. Let's take a look at the Brazilian weather. But it's to the point now, coming out of this weekend, traders are really going to be focused on yields, actual yields coming out of the fields in Brazil. I look for that to be the number one thing that we're going to be watching in the week ahead. All right, come back tomorrow morning. We're going to have a conversation with Brett Waltz, BAMWX.com. Will that spring weather stick around? We'll find out from Brett tomorrow morning here on Agritalk.